Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. President Putin has actually said the things we're doing are provocative. He's already said that the sanctions we put in place are like declaring war. Uh, he's going to continue saying that, and we're fearful of provoking him. It's time for him to be fearful of us. I've made clear to them, I spoke to the president himself about 10 days ago about this. I'd like to see the planes over there. But remember, things shift as things become a target because there's so much public discussion about them. That can become an issue itself. You've got, like, moderates in their own parties, you know, well-known, nice people who are inching toward possibly provoking World War III. I find that interesting politically. I mean, these are short banging on the war drums. Yeah, these are not bomb chuckers. Mitt Romney there in the Republican Party and Amy Klobuchar, former candidate and Democrat senator for, uh, candidate for president, Democrat senator from Minnesota, but two, you know, like, reasonable... Regular people, they're not, they, they are not people who say crazy crap to fundraise. Right. And they're banging the war drums. Meet the Press yesterday reporting, uh, at least on their Twitter feed, there is great frustration inside the Democratic Party as Biden faces increased pressure to send more equipment to Ukraine. So the, he's getting pushed inside his own party hard, according to Meet the Press, for more involvement. In uh, in fighting the Russians. And then obviously you've always got a we need to be tougher wing of the Republican Party. Yeah. And remember that uh, the biggest factor in all international politics is domestic politics. And I wonder whether there's a perception among the Democrats. This doesn't speak to Mitt Romney or anything, but among the Democrats that the only way their bacon is saved during these awful economic times in which they're being blamed uh, for it. The only way to save their bacon is to be super decisive and leadery on the Ukraine thing. I'm not sure that's the right way to go. I think moderation and care is a good idea. You could be right. Maybe it's cynicism to that level, like a political calculation. I just think it's human reaction to watching the videos on the cable news. I think it's just a human reaction to watching families being wiped out by the evil Russians and thinking, we have the power to stop that. Let's freaking stop it. It's just a natural reaction. Doesn't mean it's the right emotional reaction, but that's what I think every time I watch it. Sure. Well, I think that too. But if I have the, I would say, good sense to say I would like very much to stop it, but at what cost? What will happen next? I mean, if I know to do that, you'd think Mitt Romney would too. Do you remember who Alexander Vindman is? Mm -hmm. He testified in the first Trump impeachment that involved President Zelensky. Uh, and, uh, you know, went against Trump and got beaten up by the right and all that sort of stuff. He tweeted over the weekend, Mr. President, you're inviting disaster and emboldening Putin. This declaration invites Putin to pursue every means to subdue Ukraine. Of course, the American people don't want a war with Russia, but they also don't want to watch Ukrainians slaughtered. We must do more. The only reason I mention all these different things is you have from a bunch of different political quarters a move toward... More U.S. involvement, right? Right. And it's, these things drift over time, and these how this is how world wars get started. Well, and it's so interesting. It's horrifying and sickening 
and interesting to see this sort of lead up to perhaps a world war transpire in our lifetimes. We've read the history. You know, some of us have read a hell of a lot of the history of it. As uh, John Mulaney puts it, why is every dad in America preparing for some future World War II test? Um, roughly. Uh, you read uh, Gathering Storm, that the chunk of Churchill's gigantic autobiography. It's similar. It's it's uh, arguments going on. Look, if we provoke Hitler, it's going to be way, way, way worse than if we just let him take this one little bit of uh, Czechoslovakia that he wants. The thing to do is negotiate. Sanctions do not escalate. And and the people making those uh, arguments are viewed by history as cowards and appeasers, right? Because we all know how it came out. But at the time, they had clean consciences. They were trying to prevent a world war. And Churchill was happy on some level when we got bombed by the Japanese and Hitler declared war on us the next day inexplicably because he said, I'm paraphrasing, I don't have the exact quote in front of me, but now they're finally in the war. We've got a chance. He was excited that we'd been attacked and the United States was in the war. Zelensky's going to feel exactly the same way if we ended up with a plane getting shot down or a strike on NATO or anything like that. The Americans are in the war. All right. Right. And and the great question, we had a wonderful conversation with Mike Lyons, really thought-provoking earlier, and I think we're going to at least play you chunks of it a little bit later on. But um, the great question is, and anybody who sells certainty on this issue and pronounces, uh, it puffs up their chest and tells you exactly what's right and wrong, and they're confident, they're a liar and a, and a snake oil salesman. But I think the great question is, do we need to escalate to defeat Putin ultimately? To defeat him through arming the Ukrainians, what is going to be a brutally costly and bloody uh, insurgency against Putin. His economy is choked nearly to death and getting worse. Um, can we just keep going with that strategy and wait for it to work? You know, the counter, the moral counter argument is how many tens of thousands of Ukrainian children are you going to watch die? And, you know, I'm not I'm not discounting that as, as foolish or irrelevant. It is horrifying. But that's the calculus. It's grim. Right. Well, some of the calculus, though, is is uh, we blast the crap out of Putin and make it clear. I'm not sure we have the people that could say this with any force. I don't think I'm just being partisan here, but Sullivan and Blinken, National Security Advisor and Secretary of State on all the news channels, they just look like weak men. They sound like weak men. That doesn't help anything. And maybe no, that's maybe unfair. it's silly, but it's real. It's unfair. They just look and sound weak. Whereas, like, Pompeo did not sound weak. Maybe to some of you, he sounded crazy, but he didn't sound weak. These guys sound weak. Anyway, if it reaches that point, do we say to Putin successfully, you want a world war? You want to get into a nuclear conflict with us? How do you think that's going to turn out? Problem is, yeah. if he's crazy and suicidal, of course. How do you think that's going to turn out is an excellent question. It is an excellent question. Yeah, and see, nobody wins that. If he doesn't care about living or dying, if he's rational, you would assume he'd back down, finally decide taking Ukraine was a bad idea. Yeah. Is it, Well, is he the guy waving around a gun saying he's going to shoot everybody? Is that gun loaded or not? You don't know. So is this the way it's worked all these years? Whoever has a nuclear po- a weapon gets to do whatever they want, and the rest of the world cowers in fear? Is that well, just the way it is? 
No, no. I mean, there have been all sorts of proxy wars between us, uh, us and the Russians, between us and the Chinese. I mean, you look at the Korean War and such. Um, there have been plenty of proxy battles. Vietnam, where there were nuclear armed powers behind the fighting, but it just it never escalated that level. There was an agreement, mutually assured destruction. There's no point in us bombing you because you'd bomb us and all life on Earth would be wiped out. So we're not going there. But now you have Putin. Is he crazy? Is he smart like a fox or whatever saying, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm not ruling it out. You know, the whole uh, you will endure things you've never endured in your history. Yeah, we know what you're talking about. Just have the balls to say it, you weasel. He's a weasel. He's a weasel. A ballless weasel. He was called called Ferret-eyed by Mitt Romney, wasn't he? Wake so good. Is he a weasel or a ferret? Those are two completely different. Oh no, no, no! They're very similar. Very similar beasts. I mean, you see a weasel run by, kind of quick. Maybe it's twilight. You can't tell if it's a ferret or a weasel. I've maybe. known people. Uh, with, it might even be a mink. Our neighbors, when I was a kid, had a pet ferret. I've known people with ferrets. I've never known anybody who owned a weasel. Uh, do we uh, have any word as to whether Vladimir Putin has responded to Elon Musk's challenge to a fist fight? He actually did on Twitter. The world's richest man challenged probably the other world's richest man right to a fist fight over a winner gets ukraine so elon musk fig, f- thinks he can take the old guy elon musk doesn't strike me as a fighter really i don't know anything hmm. about him but i don't know anything about his fitness regimen honestly our neighbors when uh, when we were kids had a ferret and their house smelled like a garbage dump wow I always wondered about why. Do you not notice this? I mean, you could barely walk in there and stomach it. Well-to-do people, too. Nice house. Smelled like a garbage dump because they had a ferret. you got to get its gland removed or something. Oh. Has Putin's gland been removed? Our intelligence services say yes. (laughs) I don't know. Well, at least we're not talking about nuclear holocaust anymore. Good Lord. I can't. I'm having trouble wrapping my head around the fact that we're actually having these discussions with smart people who are contemplating, well, if you do this, you could have that could happen. Nuclear war, and they could strike the United States. And Really? I mean, these aren't just like wild, never-going-to-happen scenarios that people love to discuss in think tanks. These are real, could-happen-this-afternoon scenarios. Yeah. Yeah. So I just, it's a hard to... It's hard to believe. I'd love to talk to Mitt Romney about his his point of view and and throw mine up against them that we have to slowly but surely wear Putin down and exact an enormous cost. That's really our only option. But, you know, I I reserve the right to change my mind down the road. These are extremely difficult questions. And that's what we're seeing. A small, evil, feral-eyed man. Feral. Didn't say ferret. I think he meant ferret. Feral-eyed. What does that mean? Wild-eyed? So you think he meant ferret? Well, no, he might have meant wild-eyed, come to think of it. Like, he's got the look of a crazy person, because he kind of does. So as we vacillate back and forth between the stupidest conversation you could possibly imagine and the most serious conversation you can imagine, uh, back to the no-fly zone, Mike Lyons retweeted uh, somebody who said this yesterday. Actually, it was tweeted out by the Modern War Institute, whatever that is. If you impose a no-fly zone, the no-fly zone has to be enforced. If you're going to enforce it, then there are two outcomes only. Either NATO fires the first shot or the Russians fire the first shot. Correct. Then got to ask Amy Klobuchar and Mitt Romney, what happens after that? Hmm. Putin backs down. See, that's what I'm hoping. Is he backs down and realizes, oh, I can't go there. So, hmm. Or he rallies the support of the Russian people and then conscripts another 100,000 young men. I don't know. I just don't know. We do know a lady who has a pet opossum. 
What? Honest to goodness. In her home? Yes. She rescued it. You she, personally she, know yes. someone with a pet possum. Lives on the next block. Yeah. And she, she'll sometimes be in the grocery store with her opossum on her shoulder. Mm, Honest to God. No. Yes. This isn't true. Yes. We can call Judy. She'll tell you. She's seen it. What's the possum's name? I've heard this. I can't remember. Pete? I'll text her. No, it's not Pete. Why would it be Pete? Pete Possum. <laughs> I actually think it's a woman opossum. Okay. I'll check, though. Paula. Um, well, I'll be darned. Yeah. Huh? So that's something. That is something. Uh, we uh, No fly zone, yes or no? Uh, just throw it out there. I'll I'll uh, I'll add up the responses and see what where y'all are on this conversation. Text line four one five two nine five KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. (laughs) Tuesday was International Women's Day, so hopefully you remember to smile. (laughs) That was a good joke. Is that, uh, I'm not sure I got that. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta tell you, that had me guffawing out loud. Is that just the whole smile that women say? No, that's men telling women to smile. Oh, oh, okay. All right, it's, it's, a, it's a misogynist, belittling, really not cool, edgy Saturday Night Live joke. That's what mm. that is. That's why the crowd groaned appropriately so. Well, I'm very naive. I missed it. Sorry. Sophie, by the way, is the answer. Sophie, that is the name of the opossum I was discussing in the last segment. The, the uh, 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 rescue opossum that a woman in our neighborhood uh, sports on her shoulder. Nice gal, too. Nice opossum, too. Until you change your hairstyle and it eats your face off. Oh, boy. So I'm looking at Elon Musk's Twitter feed in which he has challenged Vladimir Putin to a fist fight for some reason. Of course he has. He is also tweeting out, uh, maybe he wanted to get attention for this. I don't know. I don't, I don't know if he thinks these things through that much. I don't know if he's that calculating. He, he, he doesn't have to care about much. He's the world's richest man. And I'm not sure he cares about being the world's richest man, actually. I don't know how I think he cares about his projects projects and the innovations and stuff like that. I think he cares more about his projects than anybody listening cares about their projects. But I don't think the the whether it makes him money is... I don't think being rich matters that much to him. Anyway, um, he's tweeting out about the 48 Starlinks that have just reached orbit. So is that part of the providing... Wi-Fi in the sky for Ukrainians? Yeah, internet connection. Yeah, it's a, a system of many satellites that uh, hovers above your country, in, in essence, and, and you get your internet from the satellites. Interesting. Um, he also and, and for free in this case. He just wants Ukraine to continue to be able to communicate. He also tweeted out, what are your thoughts about probable inflation rates over the next few years? I guess he just wanted other people's guesses on that. I don't know if this was, a, I guess this was just supply chain issues as I continue to be amazed at when I run into, you know, they don't have a bunch of stuff. I, uh, my son's going to play soccer, decided he wanted to play soccer. Okay. Hasn't played soccer since he was a little tiny kid. Good. Sports are good. Exercise is good. Got to get him some soccer shoes. Went to the big five because I'm going to get him the cheapest damn soccer shoes I can. If he, <laughs> he turns out to be really into this, maybe I'll buy him better ones. But 
I go there, and uh, they don't have any his size. He said, yeah, we got like four pairs of uh, soccer shoes this year. Wow. And I said, supply chain stuff? He said, yeah, just you know, just haven't gotten any for like a year. It's got to be all China and Vietnam manufactured, I'd guess. I suppose there's so much stuff out there. We that uh, When that gets all caught up back up, I have no idea. And then ugh, you combine that with inflation. Gee, you maybe you know this because your kids played soccer. I don't know if they ever got their feet ever got big enough for this. Did you know the leap from little kids cheap Chinese made soccer shoes up to like adult soccer shoes is a whole different price range. I don't uh, know why. I vaguely remember oh that. Oh my yeah, but... god. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I told him well, I take care of these shoes cuz we're going to sell these on eBay when you're when you grow them. You know, that's the funny thing about uh, sport parenting, especially these days, is if your kids aren't good at sports, it's kind of disappointing. And if your kids are good at sports, it's brutally expensive. Yeah, well, it's expensive just to dabble, apparently. Oh, and I I was at the store, and so there was this nice guy with his cute little daughters and everything like that. But he was picking out these shoes at this store where they're like all the shoes. They started at 150 and went up from there. Yeah. And these little girls must have been four and six. Oh, for God's sake, really? Yeah. No. That's just crazy. Yeah. You got to have the cool looking uh, uniforms for your little kids playing sports, man. No, you don't. Oh, I don't think you do, but. What's the matter with people? Yeah. Send them out in a the field with their friends. They'll invent a game and have a great time. Yeah, we ran around and played in our tennis shoes until we were like 15 and everybody was fine. I just didn't and seem pretty to good athletes, too. It seemed to work out all right. If you miss an hour of the show, you can grab the podcast at Armstrong and Getty. Dot com, armstrongandgetty.com. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. The administration wasn't aggressive enough, in my opinion, in pushing back on the red herrings. The red herrings like, it's because you didn't build the Keystone XL pipeline. And I remind them one of the first things Donald Trump did was give the permit. And in four years, the pipeline didn't get built. They, they argue that this is because of inflation, runaway inflation. Who drove up inflation? We saw the CBO numbers this week. It was the Trump administration. Although if you look at the numbers, uh, inflation really started to rise almost exactly when, when, when Biden came in the White House. Now, now yeah, obviously, well, that, that argues uh, my point, uh, doesn't it? No, that's Heidi Heitkamp of South Dakota and Jonathan Carl pushing back on the lunatic notion that the current inflation was caused by Trump. Although, you know, the Trump administration did spend too much money, if you ask me as well. Uh, that's going to be the battle in the midterms. It's going to be economic stuff, uh, barring World War III breaking out. None of that argument is going to matter. You get punished. The party in power is going to be punished for what's going on right now. Yeah. That's the way it always works. I'd agree. A couple more uh, comments, uh, including from the liberal media, snurdly. Uh, 22 is Jane Coaston of the New York Times. It's worth recognizing, and there was a great Fox News piece from actually 2008 <laughs> that noted that the president has markedly little control of what gas prices are. There is no big cheap gas button in the Oval Office, and if there were, somebody would have pushed it. Yeah, that's always been the case. You get credit when it goes down and blame when it goes up. When it usually has very little to do with anything you did. Right, you free up three and a half gallons from the strategic reserves and pronounce that that's made all the difference. Um, let's see, one more Mary Bruce of ABC. I like this. 
This administration wants to put the blame squarely on Vladimir Putin because they know clearly based on those numbers that rising gas prices presents a huge political problem for this president. So you are going to hear him, I suspect, continue to hammer this but, point, but continue to argue as well Mary, that Americans to, are making a sacrifice. They're going to have to answer to why the gas prices were rising like that before the war. But I just saw Joe Manchin just a little bit ago in some hearing they're having. The Democrat from Virginia said, Mr. President, we need to start drilling and we need to become oil independent again. Um, that's the answer to all this. God, I was watching it might even been that discussion there from ABC this week, but it's a discussion in the same area of how awful it is that we have to buy fuel from these awful countries like Saudi Arabia and Venezuela, and nobody jumped in with a, hey, I know a country we could get oil from that has a great human rights track record. It's the United States of America. But Gonna nobody. Take a while, though. We shut down the mechanisms. Nobody, Republican or Democrat or host, brought that up. Yeah, unbelievable. Oh, by the way, Ms. Heitkamp, I meant to throw this in. Yeah, they were building the uh, pipeline like crazy during the Trump administration. They didn't finish it, they didn't put it online yet, but yes, they were building it. I watched it being built. Anyway, uh, let's see. So, uh, Did you see Saudi Arabia executed 80-some people over the weekend? I did see that. Our uh, oil buddy, Saudi Arabia. Biden's actually going there, isn't he, to ask for a little help on the whole oil thing? They executed 80 people for all kinds of different crimes. They didn't say what they were, but some of them included just protesting the government. And they executed them. They also didn't announce how they executed them. I'm guessing it wasn't lethal injection. Oh, boy, making sure they were good and sleepy before they gave them the nasty medicine. No, no, indeed. Yeah, what a crazy backward regime that is. And Barbaric! That's right, sir. Uh, So anyway, if you, uh, you know, there's an old saying in the law, if the law's on your side, hammer on the law. If the facts are on your side, hammer the facts. If neither is on your side, hammer the table. And uh, during the uh, discussion there of oil prices and inflation and the rest of it and who's responsible for it, if you have nothing at all on your side and no table, you'll start to say things that are completely unhinged. And add in, if you're into your 80s, they might have the, uh, the sound of somebody who's completely lost their mind. I give to you please the woman from san francisco nancy pelosi listen to clip 70 would you please so when we're having this discussion it's important to dispel some of those who say well it's the government spending no it isn't the government spending is doing the exact reverse reducing the national debt it is not inflationary so pouring trillions of dollars of spending into an economy borrowing that money does not increase the debt, and it's not inflationary. Next to saying there are frog people who secretly pull the strings of their puppets on Earth or announcing that she's a witch and can fly about on a broom, that is the most unhinged thing I have ever heard somebody say. Eh. She didn't actually say the other things, but that was unhinged. If I saw Nancy Pelosi fly by on a broom, I'd think, eh, that's about right. Math works. (laughs) Yeah. Checks out. Play that again, Michael. That could be the clip of the year. So when we're having this discussion, it's important to dispel some of those who say, well, it's the government spending. No, it isn't. The government spending is doing the exact reverse, reducing the national debt. It is not inflationary. Well, then what if we spent another hundred trillion dollars? That would eliminate the national debt and drive inflation back down under 2%. Holy crap. She has lost her mind. Wow. 
Jeff Bezos with a major announcement. Remember, he sent Captain Kirk into space. And got Jeffrey, Jeffrey Bezos. Has he uh, challenged Putin to an Indian leg wrestling match or something like that? World's second richest man, Jeffrey Bezos, who runs the Washington Post and Amazon and all that other stuff. Got his own space thing. He shot Captain Kirk into space and got a lot of attention for it. Now he is chosen as his next celebrity to go into space. Pete Davidson of Saturday Night Live. Fascinating. Did not see that coming. No, if you'd have given me 50 guesses, I wouldn't have chosen Pete Davidson. Pete Davidson. Betattooed, bipolar, starlet dating funny man. you're, You're leaving out the biggest one. Kim Kardashian's boyfriend. For now. No, she went. Uh, she went Facebook official over the weekend. Uh, <laughs> from what I read in the New York Post, I'm sorry, I can't even pretend to take that seriously. So, Did, the, don't we have some sort of clip of Kanye going crazy? Yeah, so, we do. So they have gotten more serious. It would seem Kim Kardashian and Pete Davidson, and now he's being shot into space. Let's see, I'm checking my pockets to see if I have a single F to give, and I just well, he's 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 just he's trying to get attention, right? He figures Pete Davidson would get. A lot of attention because you got the Kardashian tie-in and Kanye got, will probably sound off and got my attention. All right, speaking of Kanye, what's the clip we have, Michael? It's a TikTok video he did, and he's complaining about the things Pete Davidson is doing to him. Okay, God, please. The boyfriend texts me antagonizing me, bragging about being in bed with my wife. I thought I thought it publicly for. A year and a half has been, I've been dragged and how she's not my wife. She don't have her last name. And now he texting me talking and bragging about how he's in bed with my wife. And I'm like, well, who's watching my children if he's texting me bragging about being in bed with my wife? God, I just need to protect my children. You protect the children. You t- I know our nannies, some of them are Christian. You touch them, please, God, today, and have them bring my children to Sunday service this morning. The devil ain't going to win. Wow. Well, this, uh, you know, that's some serious stuff there that uh, goes on in divorces with kids. So that's a, that's a tough one right now. That mm. is That is a tough one. I mean, he's already got his own mental challenges, but that's a tough situation. So he's a... Christian who wants his kids to go to church on Sunday morning and wondering if that's happening now that his wife is uh, laying around in bed with Pete Davidson and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So. And do you reckon Pete Davidson's actually texting Kanye? I, I don't have any idea I'm about in that. bed with your ex. I have no idea. What kind of sick S is that? It, it doesn't seem like on brand for Pete Davidson really to me. I, I doubt that that is happening. Huh. Is he just tweeting that out and Kanye feels like it's directed specifically at him as opposed to the Kardashian Pete Davidson thing of just getting maximum exposure all the time? Yeah, I don't know. I'm befuddled they're, by the whole thing. They're not directing it at you. They're directing it at be, staying famous. That's their whole thing. Yeah, I would have thought you'd have caught on to that when you got hooked up with the Kardashian clan. Everything they do is to stay in the news. Well, and Kanye's like a Ph.D. level expert in that, too. You'd hmm. think he'd get it. I don't know. Like I say, I don't have any idea what's going on. There are a lot of crazy. Go sell crazy somewhere else. We're full up here. Oh, and Tom Brady unretired. If he didn't hear that story, he was retired for a full 40 days. And I think he and Giselle were standing around the kitchen island over the weekend thinking, so is this the rest of our lives? You and I just talking to each other? This is this is sucky. 
we're a few weeks in and we're making each other insane. She's you thinking something I, you'd like to do, Tom. Yeah, play football. Why don't you? And she was thinking <laughs> I used to go to lunch with my friends and uh, go shopping, and now I hang out in the kitchen with you. And he's thinking I used to play football with a bunch of dudes and talk sports, and now I hang out in the kitchen with you. And they, uh... <laughs> he's going back to the game. Maybe Kanye can come in and do a little couples counseling for them. So he's going to play in his 23rd season. For the Buccaneers once again. Again, I think the most interesting part of that is, and I've known people that this happened to, you think you're fully ready to leave the workplace. I mean, that's a major decision in your life. One of the biggest decisions you ever make in your life is when you're finally going to hang it up, whatever it is you do for a living, and become a retired guy. And you're thinking, I'm going to fish or you know, dedicate my time to a charity or whatever the hell you're going to do. And I've known people who did the same thing that Tom Brady did. Very quickly decided, nah, this is not what I want to do. Yeah. It's wild. Yeah, it's, it's completely unsurprising to a guy as obsessive as that. He can't just leave it. Best thing that could happen to him, terrible injury. <laughs> what? Help him adjust to retirement. It forced him into it. He'd have to accept it. Not terrible, terrible. Not like loss of a limb, but... Loss of a limb? That would be an injury that stands out in NFL history. (laughs) Almost happened to poor Alex Smith. That was an infection situation. Didn't happen on the field. You didn't lose a... You know, you don't lose an arm on the field. Good Lord, no. That'd be off-putting. We had the discussion one time about if your head came off (laughs) and crossed the goal line. Oh, right. Your body was still holding the ball. No, the ball's got to cross the goal no, line. It's got to be the ball, yeah. yeah. So it doesn't matter where your head is. No, it's, it's an easy call for the refs to make. <laughs> no need to go to the video replay. <laughs> Good, Here's easy. where his head crosses the goal line, Jim, but the ball, you see, the ball is about six inches short. <laughs> now, more difficult in baseball it's, it's difficult to imagine how a base runner's, you know, base runner would come to be decapitated. But no, I can't even continue this. All it's right. too perverse. It's too sick. What was I? I but remember... if it happened to touch home plate, <laughs> I remember we had this conversation. and It was pretty intriguing. I don't remember how it worked though. I don't. I don't know. I'm. I'm. I don't know. <laughs> or it's like your knee touched the ground, but your head's not on the bot. I don't know. Now, still, you're still down. Again, easy call. Head or no? I don't. I think the head is irrelevant. All right, mine's not. <laughs> um, I should get to some of those texts. Do you want to do the no fly zone or not? So, Jake Sullivan just said something pretty strong to China. Is this another threat that is taken uh, lightly by China? The way Putin is taking our threats. I don't know. Uh, stay tuned for that. We'll explain what it is. The Armstrong and Getty Show. The four-star making that kind of comment is almost irresponsible in terms of what all the nuance that has to go in. Did he kind of then say, oh, it's because the Ukrainians are going to do the no-fly zone? Do you think they would do that now if they could? 29 MiG airplanes are not changing the calculus on that. I'm just surprised that uh, we're, that's being floated politically Our interview with military analyst Mike Lyons, which will be in Hour 4 of the Armstrong and Getty Show, if you want to stay tuned, or you can catch it from Hour 2 
on the podcast at armstrongandgetty.com because there was a four-star general admiral on the TV shows yesterday saying, eh, we need to help with a no-fly zone. There are a number of people mm. calling for that. Mm. Mm, questionable. We will discuss that more with Mike. Also, some really interesting information on the idea that uh, China, the new friendship with China, can bail out Russia's economy. It can't, and it's not gonna. Okay, I want to hear about that, because that's a heck of an interesting wrinkle just in the last 24 hours. Russia reaching out to China. Pete Davidson reaching out to Kanye West. Oh, you thought we were done with this story? I thought I was done with this story until Alex walked into the room with all the details on what's going on here. Oh, boy. So uh, Pete Davidson started texting yesterday in response to videos that Kanye West had been posting on his own Instagram earlier yesterday in which he called out his ex-wife Kim Kardashian for allowing their eight-year-old daughter North to post TikTok videos. One of the many things he's been unhappy about. He's basically unhappy. He didn't want to get divorced. And he doesn't like being away from his kids, which uh, I can understand. Um, But the, uh, well, I'll just read this stuff. Yo, it's Pete. Pete Davidson texted out yesterday. And these have been confirmed, by the way, by Pete Davidson. These are actual texts that were screenshotted. Um... Yo, it's Pete. Can you please take a second and calm down? It's 8 a.m., and, and it don't got to be like this. Kim is literally the best mother I've ever met. What she does for those kids is amazing, and you are so effing lucky that she's your kid's mom. I've decided I'm not going to let you treat us this way anymore, and I'm not, and I'm done being quiet. Grow the F up. This is some huh. serious stuff. I mean, if you take the celebrity out of it, and it's just soon-to-be ex-husband and ex-wife's new boyfriend getting into it while he's there. Yeah, that's uh, that's rough stuff. According to the screenshots, West then asked, Oh, you using profanity now? Where are you right now? What? Profanity in a text. I don't think the kids are seeing that. Although, I would not be surprised if the kids are not exposed to profanity when they're around either Kanye or Pete Davidson. Or Kim Kardashian, or any of the rest of these crazy people. Troubling. Davidson clapped back with a selfie of himself shirtless under the covers. Remember, the question was, where are you right now from Kanye West? Pete Davidson texted back, in bed with your wife. Oh, not helping. No. No. Yikes. Not sure that was helpful. Was Lamar Odom there? (laughs) Is that a different Kardashian? West 44 and Davidson 28 continued to go at it during their text conversation. With Pete Davidson at one point suggesting they meet up in person. I'm in L.A. for the day if you want to stop being a little internet B-boy and talk. Davidson wrote. Again, not helpful. You don't scare me, bro. Your actions are so P-word and embarrassing. It's so sad to watch you ruin your legacy on the daily. I guess that means every day. Ah, apparently. I'm, I'm not well-versed in hipster talk now that my kids are out of the house. And at one point, this is kind of interesting, Pete Davidson texted him, let me help you, man. I struggle with mental stuff, too. It's not an easy journey. You don't have to feel this way anymore. There's no shame in having a little help. You'll be so happy and at peace. I have your back wow. even though you treat me like S because I want everything to be smooth. But if you continue to press me like you have for the last six months, I'm going to have to stop being so nice. I think... Crazy young Pete Davidson is the adult there. Uh, pretty clearly. Yeah. Pretty clearly. Yep. Well, Kanye's got actual 
mental problems that he's talked about quite a bit. Who knows where mm-hmm. he is in that whole cycle? Plus, As says a, Pete. Plus, the whole divorce, some other dudes with your kids thing is hard. That's a hard thing. Yes. Well, then you're mixed up in the whole Kardashian cement mixer. Adding the fact that the um, all that's public, I can't even imagine that, that it's in, you know, uh, fodder for jokes and Twitter and on television all the time and that sort of stuff. That'd just be brutal. You'd, you'd have to stay away from that. But none of that crowd is is capable of staying away from that because that's how they they live their lives through the reflection of their lives on other people or something. Well, it's their living, too, to a large extent. True. Well, for the Kardashians, certainly. Yeah. Yeah. And and living all of that that you described in a world where somehow we, you and I, are reading these texts. Isn't that something? I mean, that's yeah. some really, really personal, rough stuff. Is life not complicated enough that you got to bring the public into it? I don't get it. But again, it sounds like Pete was uh, trying to be the grown-up there. Yeah. That, that one response was not necessary at all. Maybe they could be the uh, the opening bout, the uh, the undercard for the whole Elon Musk-Putin boxing match. That if you're just tuning in, yes, Elon Musk proposed a bare-knuckle boxing match. I assume bare-knuckle with Vladimir Putin. Did the world's richest man just challenge the leader of Russia who's going to war with Ukraine to a fight? Yes, that is what happened. With Ukraine Again, as if you're just tuning in, that's w- our headline. With Ukraine as the prize, according to Elon Musk. Putin is not, we haven't heard from Putin yet. Maybe he agrees to it. <laughs> I don't know. Armstrong and Getty.